0: you must finish what God has called you to do. Amen. Amen. You cannot stop. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like this. uh, This is what the Lord was showing me. A fighter finishes. Amen. He finishes. You Now, I used to be a big fan of boxing, me and my husband. We just used to really love boxing, except when it Came down to the blood and guts part. You know, when they start bleeding, I get up and go do the dishes or something. But I loved uh to watch the boxers because you learn a lot about endurance. Amen. You learn a lot about staying in there and not giving up. A fighter remains. He remains. Now, I'm using that word because... There's no such thing as quitting. (laughs) When you're a fighter, you know, you ever heard of that term, he threw the fight? You can't throw the fight. You throw the fight if you quit. And so when when a fighter was all bloody and sometimes they would get knocked out, there's nothing else to say on a TKO. But when you are in, he's in that ring and he's got blood everywhere and he's got bruises and. But you notice something, he don't quit. He remains, because if he quits, if he th- he's throwing the fight, if you throw the fight, then you better leave town, <laughs> because your your uh, manager is looking for you. Everybody that plays bets on a fight is looking for you. Now I know this ain't godly, but it's just the truth, you know. And so what a fighter does is he remains. He doesn't say anything about quitting. Amen. He just doesn't do that because it's, it's about money. Let's just be real, but it's about integrity too. So you can't throw a fight. You can't throw a fight. Amen. You can't quit. They must finish the fight. The fighter must remain no matter how hurt, how wounded. You know, remember they used to get punched drunk? (laughs) Amen. But you can't quit because if you quit, you forfeit the fight. Amen. He can't do that. So in the same token, we can't quit on a stand. Now, we're we're more um compared to a runner in the bible a runner amen a runner doesn't quit see it doesn't matter how how it uh a fighter how his fight ends as long as he don't leave that ring he's going to get paid <laughs> but a runner it it matters more about the end amen because there's such a thing as that, that gust, that last gust of wind, they call it that last mile or that miracle mile because God steps in on a runner and at that last, that last mile, that miracle mile, that's why it's called a miracle mile. God steps in and he gives you more energy. You know, you, I used to wonder why when I used to look at these races, it seemed like they slowed up. I'm like, he, he not going to win like that. I never understood that. That, st- that stood out to me and it seemed so strange, but he was catching his, he, his momentum and he was pondering and praying and expecting his momentum to increase something on the inside of him was becoming stronger and stronger as he slowed up and he just kept up with maybe the person on the side of him or the person over here and then all of a sudden in that last miracle mile he shh amen and so god will in the same way increase our strength in that last mile amen it's something about god stepping in taking over and giving you the strength that you need to finish that's what he does Okay, I did all of that talking to say this. God will give you the strength to, to endure. Amen. Amen. He steps in. You're not alone. You're not doing this by yourself. Amen. But we have a mandate from God. Amen. Or a directive. Or we have permission. Or, uh, what, a commission. To finish strong, and that's what God intends for us to do. Amen. So the title I think is "They uh, steadfastly continued." Am I right? They they, they continued steadfast. I always leave it up to Shannon to <laughs> to fix it. Amen. And and the Lord was showing me this. He says, "They, you must finish." But it it's not like the fighter in the ring. He can just sit there and bleed until that clock runs out. But with us, we must continue to run. Amen. We we must endure and and uh depend on God just to help us to step in with that last uh mile, that miracle mile of energy, you know, and so it matters how you finish, that's what I'm saying. We must steadfastly continue. Not just continue any old kind of way. That won't work. Amen. Because you want to win. See, so you're winning with victory. You're coming up on that next person uh in victory. You're not just somebody that's just, you know, barely making it across the finish line. But endurance steps in. Strength steps in. Speed steps in. Everything that God gives you steps in. And you make it across the finish line. Amen. Amen. So in other words, keep running. Amen. Be firm in your your purpose. That word steadfastly means firm. Firm in your purpose. Firm in direction. Firmly fixed. Firmly established. When you know what you're going after, you don't quit. Amen. When you see the reward. Or you have an imagination of what it's going to be because you really don't know and you really can't imagine. Because the Bible says exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask, think, or imagine. So you can't imagine it. But you must have some type of idea in your mind or in your heart of what it's going to be like when you get the promise You have something stored up on the inside of your imagination. And so God wants you to put that in front of, you know, your thoughts and use that as your faith to continue to run, continue to fight, continue to press. You must keep pressing. Amen. You cannot give up on a promise. It's that important. Amen. Hallelujah. And soon you will win. If you just keep going, keep running, no matter how discouraged or weary you become, and you will be discouraged and weary. So if you haven't been there, you will get there. Amen. But it's not a goal. It just happens. It's called life. But when that happens to you, you get that last gush of endurance, that last gush of energy, that last gush of, of that last gush of strength. Because God is with you and he gives that to you and you use that and you continue to go until you get the promise. Amen. Now, why should you put forth so much effort? Because God promised it. He's not a man that he would lie. Uh, And you have an oath and a promise. the, the, The promise was so profound that he swore against himself because there was none higher and so we have everything that we need to finish strong amen not you know have one one leg and you lift it across the finish line it's not like the fighter as long as that fighter sits in that corner and bleeds he's going to get his paycheck his manager his manager's going to be happy his family's going to rejoice you know as long as he don't quit as long as he don't call that fight now I've seen fights called, but they have to be called, I think by the, the referee, you know, and then it's not on the, the fighter, but they have to call a fight if that person is so injured that he cannot continue. Amen. But when he's sitting in that chair, he's praying that that clock run out on him. Amen. But this is the, it's the opposite of a runner. You praying that time don't run out on you. Why? Because we've wasted enough time. Amen. We've wasted enough time. People talk about if we're living in the end times, well, what does that really mean? It means that we need to get busy and put foolishness aside and and just run for God. Amen. Let's go to Galatians 6. Our t- Our teaching is going to come out of Acts 2. So if you keep your finger on there, and we're going to flip to Galatians 6 right quick, and we we are all familiar with the scripture, and it talks about being not weary in well-doing. Galatians 6, 9. It says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And lose heart means to quit, stop, um... Or to slow up, slow down, you know, mostly to stop. But if you don't quit, that's the only way you'll lose this race. So think about it. The only way you will not get what God has promised you is if you quit. I'm going to just let you think. Because when I sat and thought about that, I felt real dumb. I said, this is a win-win situation. All I gotta do is hang in there. Amen. Abraham, Abraham, uh, what's that, the, he, he stood it out or he held out. It was the, what's the, uh, the Bible that Tippy bought me that I asked for? Say that, yeah, in the message translation, it said Abraham stuck it out. He stuck it out. I was looking at Alicia. She looking straight ahead. She don't want. She don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> She's supposed to be my backup on the Message Bible. you <laughs> got okay. He stuck it out, and he stuck it out because he reasoned in his mind. Well, if God has promised this, all I have to do is just say, "Okay, receive it." And go along with this. My wife is over there laughing. And so we're just going to be joyful in this. And don't quit. And so you will win as long as you don't quit. All you have to do is not stick your foot across that line. And say I quit. But hang in there. Stick it out like Abraham did. Amen. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. Okay, Matthew 24. We go there before we go to, uh, the book of Acts, Matthew 24 and verse 13. And it says here, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Endure endure joyfully my side notes say endure joyfully full of faith not full of anger because see you by now at the end of the race you passed all that because you saw that didn't work it didn't work for me <laughs> you know i'd have been mad discouraged disgusted all of that stuff so when you finally get over that because the spirit the holy spirit helped you with that then you you start to understand okay now, the the word of God says that I have an oath and a promise. The word of God says that God is not a man that he should lie. It says that he loves me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. The Bible says I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. He's endured my pain, carried my sicknesses and my sorrows. With his stripes I am healed. It's got to be true. So when you start really evaluating truth, in front of you, then you'll settle for truth. And you say, I'm going to stick this out because God is with me. I'm not alone. Amen. And so you just say, I'm going to endure to the end. And it says, he who endures shall be saved. Hallelujah. And and it's saved in the uh, original sense. And it's also saved according to your doubt, your unbelief, your disappointments. You're saved from all of that if you hang in there and stick with God. Amen. You're saved from your suffering. We need to bear up. Another uh meaning of endurance to bear up under suffering, to bear up under suffering. So it's important how you finish. It's not like the fighter that can sit in the ring until the clock run out. It's important how we finish the race and it's called a race because it's a faith race. It's called this race, race of faith. And see, your faith can't run out on that clock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when the clock strikes, your faith got to still be moving. And God will teach you. To, it's called a process. That's what we don't like. And I'm stepping up. <laughs> we don't like the process. The process can be rough. Amen. But it's one thing about the process, it changes you, it teaches you, it blesses you, and it lets you see uh, God for yourself. No more secondhand God bless me messages. You know what I'm saying? It's no more listening to a testimony, but it's about actually being a testimony and knowing that God is with you. And so we we continue to endure the race with patience and finish the course. and that's what it's all about. Amen. You'll see how important it is to finish if you're a runner, that in the last mile, we talked about the last mile. It's where you gain momentum. It's where God steps in and says, "Oh, look at her, she's been doing the best she can do." And she's been, and she's been a good stoop. She's been doing a good job. You know, cause see, God doesn't remember all your faults. He doesn't remember when you scream and cry and stump your feet, but he remembers you sticking in there, but for the sake of the gospel, because people duck out on God all the time. Amen. They do it all the time, but you know, you must persevere and God blesses people. When you persevere, when you finish what you started with God. See, this is a God thing. We didn't choose to be in these situations. We're proving God's word out. We're we're the living proof. I'll put it like that. We're living proof that God is real, 100%. Amen. And that God is, uh, uh, you know, he is worthy of our honor and praise. And he, you can depend on him to come through with what he's promised. Amen. So steadfastly continue with God. Because almost ain't good enough. God, you never read in the Bible where it says almost do this or almost follow me wholeheartedly. Jesus never used words like that. He just said, just do it. (laughs) He didn't say anything about, um. well, I, I hung in there until the last minute, and then I stopped, but that won't get you what you need. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't grow cold and fall away because you don't like your assignment. I'm going to say it again. Don't grow cold and fall away because you don't like your assignment. Because see, that's what this really is. When you're put To do the test. It's it's an assignment. And can't nobody finish it or go through it but you. Amen. And you see people quit every day. Look around. They quit on their assignment because they don't see things clearly. They don't look at it as an assignment. They get tired of their assignment. And the people who are connected to your assignment, they get mad or they get something. And they stop the assignment. But see, it's any excuse will do. Because you're trying to get from under that pressure. I know the pressure. And some of you know the pressure. And so you're trying to get from under the pressure. So you'll use any reason to get from under that process. Get, get out of the process. <laughs> That's why you always hear people talking about the process. Well, you know, I didn't like the process. Well, process is not fun but it's rewarding. It depends on what you're looking for. Amen. There's too many on the broad road. Now see, there's a broad road and a narrow road that lead the, the broad road leads to destruction. And then there's a narrow road and that's the road that we're on. Amen. When you're going through the process, you're on a narrow road. And I'm telling you the going gets tough. But you have to endure. You must stay. And see, the good thing about God is he'll give you little breathers. He'll give you encouragement. You know? You know, when you think you're down and out, somebody will say something nice to you or do something nice to you to make you say, well, you know what? I'm going to hang in there. Because this ain't as bad as it feels. And that's why faith has nothing to do with your feelings. Amen. You know, if you walk by faith, you can't walk by feelings, too, because it's going to feel rough. Amen. But you must you must stand. You must continue to stay. You must remain a fighter remains. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's destruction on the broad road. Anybody can quit and join the crowd. And you notice they keep talking about the same thing over and over and over year after year. It never changes. There's never a good report. Never. Because there's nothing good to talk about. It's always the past and what somebody did to them or what somebody said to them that wasn't cool. Well, people gonna say stuff to you that's not cool all the time. How you, how do you think, uh, employers feel? When the people they employ get smart with them, or if you're a supervisor, you can't fire everybody that gets smart with you, but you sure feel like it because you say how unappreciative they are. But you can't do it. Business is just not run like that. You will tear your own business up, firing everybody that say something that they shouldn't say, because that's just life. And so you have to hang in there. You know, employers, uh, come up with, uh, million and billion dollar businesses because of their humility. I was, uh, reading, uh, in a part of his book, um what is his name, Mike Lindell, The Pillar Guy. And he was talking about how, uh, his staff, which is, uh, a good part of his staff is comprised of his family. And he says they're always trying to tell him what to do because he's made a lot of mistakes in his life. You know, I think he was on drugs for 20 some years. And then when he started the business, he depended on everybody to work with him to build this business. But I guess because of his past performance, they thought they could just step in and tell him what he was doing wrong and what he might be doing right. And he said he had to let go of a lot of anger and just dismiss a lot of negativity to stay on top. But he forgave people, and he says even those that was not part of his immediate family. And he had to walk in love, and he had to continue to go. And he didn't fire those people, but he maintained a good reputation, a right kind of heart. And he built that business into a billion-dollar business. Amen. And so you have to uh allow God to teach you some things as you go. And he will. You know, that's what the process is. It's not only enduring, but it's learning and learning survival techniques, I think. Um, but it's, it's not of the world. It's from the spirit of God so that you won't quit. God does a lot of things, you know, so that you won't quit. He'll send people to help you. He sent, and I'm a type of person. I'm not used to asking anybody to do anything for me because I've always, I was always the one that other people came to for help, and you know, and raising children like that, having a husband that worked six days a week, 12 hours a day. You had to assume responsibility. And so I was never used to receiving help. And it's still hard for me now, but I'm getting used to it because I know it comes from God. You know, God is not looking at, uh he's not looking for, for you to be self-sufficient because that's a form of pride. But what he's doing is he's looking for someone that's going to acknowledge what's going on, you know, and look at things and say, you know what, this is God. You know, people do really have love in their hearts and they really do want to help, you know. And so you have to just allow God to help you. And in that process of helping you, he's building you. He's strengthening you. And so it's it's a lot to... um, you know, just trusting and receiving from God. But we can do it. He never asked us to do something that we can't do. You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Everything comes from him. Amen. So, let's go to Matthew 7. Go back. Matthew 7. Verse 13. I'm not sure what it says. I kind of forgot. 7.13. Let's see. And it says here. Oh, it talks about the narrow way. We already talked about that. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate. And broad is the way. That leads to destruction. And there are many who go in. By it. Verse 14 says. Because narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way. Which leads to Life. And there are few who find it. In other words, most people jump off on the wide road. They say, "I'm out of here," but see, see, really, what they're doing is they're aborting their call, they're aborting their assignment. They don't look, they don't want to look at it like that because that's a a, a harsh statement. But that's what it is. I'm not aborting ship. I'm not doing it. Ain't now, amen. God has called me to do what I'm doing, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Now, will I need help doing it? Yeah, all of us at some point, in some way, will need a life raft, will need somebody to throw you a raft or or a, a rope or whatever they throw you on a ship. And so you might need some help, but it's nothing wrong with that. Amen. I'm learning that it's nothing wrong with needing help. But we need to learn how to receive it, amen, and keep moving, amen, because what what I look at, what's the alternative, the broad road? And the Bible says here about the broad road, it says you enter into the broad road, and it is the way that leads to destruction, that there are many who go in by it. It says many. But when it comes to the narrow road, it says few. Amen. Few. So remember the faithful few. Be one of those. Amen. And I do I do believe that we are. Praise God. Now let's go to the book of Acts. Book of Acts. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, the Acts of the Apostles. Amen. Hallelujah. The Acts of the Apostles. Uh Acts 2 hallelujah <sighs> let's see let's start at verse 1 it says and when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and that's the that's the trigger finger right there they were all on one accord amen Hallelujah so we need to be on one accord and see let this this just explains the church and explains why we don't see more signs and wonders as we read the book of acts we'll know and and you'll see similarities in things that we do and things that we don't do and things that we need to do we need to be on one accord the reason they saw uh The the glory fell and they saw signs and wonders is because of they were on one accord. It's not the only reason, but it was the major thing. Amen. Because that's the first thing you read. When on the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all on one accord. It's the first thing it tells about. Being on one accord. And being on one accord will cause, you get God's attention. I'm going to put it like that. You will get his attention when you are all on one accord. Hallelujah. See, when one accord causes you to receive a visitation, his presence will manifest. And that's what happened to the early church. This is uh the church in the in Acts 2. It's called the early church. Let's go to uh, verse 2. It says, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Hallelujah. And so they were sitting there, and the glory fell. A mighty rushing wind. It says, as a mighty rushing wind. They were in one place. And suddenly. You see how God always shows up in the suddenlies? I'm waiting on my suddenly moment. Amen. (laughs) I'm waiting on suddenly. Amen. Hallelujah. I got faith for suddenly. Come, God, come quickly. Come into suddenly. Amen. (laughs) And the glory fell. In other words, God's presence in manifestation came. In other words, they had a visitation. They were on one accord. In other words, they were in agreement, having mutual consent, having group unity, uh, one mind, one purpose. You know, I I remember uh, a while back when Pastor Barr was teaching about um Acts 2 and she kept using the word unity because I wrote it in my Bible years ago and she kept using that word unity. They had, they were in unity with one another. In other words, they weren't bickering. They weren't fighting. They weren't arguing. They had the same mind. And so when the Bible says the same mind, they, they thought alike. Amen. They had the same thinking process because they knew why they were there and they were not going to let the devil get in the way of what they wanted. Amen. See, these people were forerunners. They shocked the world with their obedience to the Holy Spirit. You know, something different happened. Something new happened that changed the world. Amen. The glory fell. Hallelujah. (laughs) The glory wasn't new, but it was new to man. Hallelujah. And they, and it fell and it filled the house and the people called the fire department. Amen. (laughs) Because they weren't used to signs and wonders. They weren't used to that. Hallelujah. But they call the fire department because they saw smoke. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they continued with prayer. See, the glory fell because they were in unity. They were on one accord. They were like-minded in their thinking. And the glory fell. And they didn't stop. The Bible says they continued steadfastly in what they were doing. Amen. And then, then they, the glory fell. Hallelujah. So they continued in expectation. They continued in anticipation. They continued that the promise would come. Amen. Hallelujah. They continued in fasting. They continued in, Showing love for one another. They continued to pray for one another. Amen. Why? Because they wanted more. They wanted the more. Hallelujah. They denied their flesh. It wasn't a whole lot of eating going on, if you remember. Amen. Because they were fasting. They were pushing back from the table. Denying their flesh. That's what the, the denying your flesh means. That you don't need a whole lot of eating. Because they had something in mind. They had great expectation for what was to come. They didn't know what was coming. You know, they were just told by Jesus to go there and wait. Go there and wait. And that's what they did. Amen. But they waited with anticipation and, and expectation, because they knew that God was, Jesus was the Christ. And if he told us to go in and wait and tarry until it happens, we don't know what's going to happen, but we sure are going to tarry until it does. So they continue to lift up their voices. They continue to sing. They continue to praise God. And the hundred and twenty Continue to press into the Spirit of God until the glory fail. Amen. And then, and that was the beginning of the church, the Azusa Street revival. And I'm sure you all are are familiar with that. The Bible says the church was added to daily. Amen. Because, because of the fact that they did not stop they continued in what they were doing. They continued steadfastly. Am I saying that right, Shannon? Or they steadfastly continued. Because they did that, the church were added 3,000 people. Amen. Amen. They went from house to house. They didn't always stay in one spot. But it went on day and night. People would get tired, go home, maybe cook for their families or take a shower or whatever they had to do, but they would come back in a different location. You know, sometimes it may have been in the same place or they would cir- circle back. <laughs> they circle back. <laughs> Maybe they did. And they would circle back. But they would, it was nonstop prayer, nonstop praise, nonstop, um, you know, adoration to the Lord. Because they met their goal. They kept going. They kept pressing. They kept fighting, fighting in the spirit. See, right now we're going, we're in a battle. Amen. It's a spiritual battle, but this spiritual battle, if you haven't noticed, has reached earth and it's a earthly and spiritual battle. It's a earthly battle now, but you still have to fight in the spirit to, to reach the goal. Did that make sense? Amen. And so we don't quit on God. If you quit, you're not quitting on a church because you don't show up no more. You know, we just got more empty seats for when God bring the people back. But right now, you know, the doubters and the people who don't want to go on with God. See, this is about this is a God thing. It has very little to do with people. Very little. Amen people want to get mad and they want to you know it's just bad you can't say nothing wrong you can't say nothing right you know what about you just got to forgive people and keep moving amen because you, the kingdom of god is at hand we we're, we're uh you may not have punched a, a natural time clock but you on the clock how can I say that? There's no right way to say it. You're on the clock. And your employer is God. Amen. Yes, that's, that's good news. I mean, it's really putting it plain. And so we need to remember that and and do what God has called us to do. Amen. Intercessors are called to pray and intercede on the behalf of the people, on behalf of the government. On behalf of your city, your state, whatever it is, your school system, you know, if you open that prayer manual, it's got everything in there, schools, youth and teens, you know, I I had someone laughed because uh, someone texted me and and I was telling them that I still had certain people on the youth and teens prayer and she was laughing and she says, they're old men now. I said, yeah, I know. (laughs) But they still on my prayer. I still pray for them. Amen. And I do it because God said to do it. You know. And so it's everything that you will ever have to uh, deal with is in that prayer manual. Divine by divine inspiration. And so we need to be doing that every day. Not just when we come to church. Because when we come to church, I notice there's a lot of prayers over there that's not being prayed. Because people are absent. But that should not stop the prayer. Pray at home. Pray. You no, know, I just started praying, um, just praying my prayers. You know, just opening up the Bible and just I mean, opening up my prayer manual and just praying the prayers because that assignment is still on the ministry. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, God will talk to people about not praying their prayers, but right now we have to do what we have to do. And so we we need to continue to pray, and that's part of our mandate. Amen. That's part of the commission of why we're here. And so we need to really take this seriously. I know we do, and I know we get tired. I've been tired. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, uh, you can't get tired. Yeah, you can, and you do. But you get refreshed, Restored. And you continue on, you know, a runner never quits. Amen. And so we must continue to run and and just don't let people get in your way because the devil will throw everything at you. Amen. Amen. But be like the, the 120 on a Zeusa street. They shocked the world. So keep praying and don't stop. Amen. Okay. Let's see. Let's go down to Acts (coughs) three. And it says, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire. And one sat upon each of them. Could you imagine being in there? I wish I was in there. I would have loved to have had that happen. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with one, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice it says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. It's not coming from man. It's like uh almost every time I pray with somebody to receive tongues, they say, I can't do that. I say, well, I don't want you to. I said, the Holy Spirit's going to do it. I said, but all you need to do is allow him to do it. You know, so just follow instructions and they don't like them instructions. But it, I remember it saying, um, let's go to Acts 1 right quick. I mean, uh, let's see. Where is that? Yeah, Acts 1. Let's flip over right quick. And I think in, let's see, I was reading that. (coughs) One, let's try verse, well, let's go to one. Let's see. Let's go to four, verse four in Acts 1. It says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded, and this is Jesus, and it says, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Now those were instructions. Amen. I know God told me to give instructions before people receive the baptism, but you know what most people will say to me? Well, you telling me what to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're telling me what to do with. It says right here, Jesus told them to wait for the promise. Amen. It says, and being assembled together with them, the Holy Spirit commanded them, the commanded. Wait a minute. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And then Jesus steps in and says, which he said, you have you have heard from me. And so, in other words, it was uh Luke. I think it was Luke that assembled the people and said, you know, what what Jesus told him. So it's always going to be some instructions. But they always tell me when I said, you're not going to do this, the Holy Spirit is going to do it. And then they say, when I said, you know, just follow my instructions. Well, now you tell it me. See, the devil will throw anything up to a person and I tell him, I said, that's the devil telling you that because he don't want you praying in tongues. You know, you always have to follow some type of instruction and all I, you know what my instructions are? Move your mouth, <laughs> but they don't want that because see, the devil's going to come there and he's going to try to tell him, tell that person anything he can to let them or to make them think this is not a spiritual operation. That this is a natural, carnal thing and you don't have to participate. And I said, well, I don't want you to do anything, but I want you to move your mouth. Those are your instructions. Just move your mouth. And then they said, oh, oh. And they'd sit there and they'd wait until they can come up with something else. And I and they're praying in tongues and they say, it don't feel like I'm doing it. I said, where you are? I said, because you don't have anything to do with this. And then I finally just tell him, just be quiet and move your mouth and let the Holy Spirit do this. Amen. Amen. But, you know, the devil's going to come up with a whole lot of things to keep you from receiving the promise. And that's what this is. You know, according to Acts 1-4, it's the promise. Amen. So let's just flip back over where we were. That wasn't quite what I was looking for, but it were, it did talk about the instructions. Amen. So let's see, we're reading in verse three and four. Uh, and let's go to five. It says, and there were dwelling, they were, let's see, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are, wait a minute, look, are not all those who speak Galatians? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we are born? And whoever that is, Perithian, I don't know, and Mendez or <laughs> Meets Me- 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 and Alathamite, whatever, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, and Kap- Kap- well, okay, all of those places around Asia. And so in other words, it's saying Egypt, Libya, some uh Cyrene, And Rome, all of these places, all these people heard their own native language. They were trying to figure out, as we do, how this could be. Verse 11 says, Cretan and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues and the wonderful works of God. So they were hearing the gospel too. See, when you pray in tongues, don't ever think that you are not Speaking the words that God wants you to speak. Amen. Hallelujah. I've had Spanish people. Hear tongues. And interpret it. To saying, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you Lord. It was worship to our God. In their language. Amen. So never doubt. That your tongues. Are speaking what God wants it to say to you or to somebody else it's always a supernatural thing amen so let's see verse 12 so they were all amazed and perplexed saying to one another whatever could this mean others mocking yeah we know and they were full of new they were full of new wine so in other words they accused them of being drunk off the new wine but not the new wine of the spirit a different kind of wine amen (laughs) Amen. Verse 14, but Peter standing up with the eleven, uh, raised his voice and said to him, men of Judea and all who dwelled in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words for these are, these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. Amen. So let's, let's read about what Joel's prophecy said. And it shall come to pass in the last days of God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my man servant and my maiden servant, I will pour out my spirit on in those days and they shall prophesy. Amen. And I will show wonders in heaven above. And signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke now they're talking about um they're talking about the second coming of the Lord, amen, so I remember when that vapor of smoke, blood, and wine used to get to me, but you know that won't be my problem amen so they're talking about the second coming of the Lord. it says the glory, but the glory of the Lord filled the place verse twenty one it says and it shall come to pass what that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And that was the important thing. That was the message that they needed to hear and that God gave them at that time. Amen. So the apostles continued. They weren't drunk. They didn't take a, a break. They continued steadfastly. Amen. And they achieved what God had them achieve. Amen. So aren't we his disciples too? Just like them? They were his disciples. I noticed when they started the journey, they were called his disciples. And then, and then toward the day of Pentecost, they were referred to as apostles. Because they had built the church. Amen. So aren't we his disciples too? And we can do the same thing? If not more, if not better, if not quicker, if not sooner. Amen. There's nobody in here that cannot start a church. How do you do that? You know, by prayer, prayer and fasting, staying in one place. And I'm not talking about a, a local church or a natural church. Come back. I felt you. I felt you running. Ooh, I'm going to have me at church and see. It's always that way with natural thinking. It's always that way. And you'll always find somebody that's kooky enough to come. Amen. Amen. Don't get me started. Amen. So the harvest is waiting for the church. What's to hold up the church? Why? Disputes. Can't get along. Can't, can't. And I'm not trying to mess with nobody. I'm just telling the truth. Got money problems, and I don't mean in a ne- in a negative way. Too much money. Amen. Well, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Amen. Some of them have too much money. Some of them think about money too much. It's just ridiculous. Like, what does that got to do with the gospel? Look, God will supply your needs according to, you know, his righteousness or whatever. What's the scripture? God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And so that means it's enough money for everybody to do what you need to do to get your job done. There's enough money to go around. God will see to it. But these churches, they they worry about money too much. They worry about status, being seen. It's just too much. And guess what? The people are tired of it. Amen? They're tired of it. And they don't want that anymore. They want to do something for God because that's our purpose. That's why we're here. I remember somebody did a teaching about why we live And that was the name of it. Why do we live? I think they put it on Facebook. And it made me think. And I looked and I looked at the comments. It was like two or three comments because people didn't want to. They didn't have much to say about that. But but this is what I was inquiring of the Lord. And I said, why do we live? And He, you know what? He answered me and said, well, what do you think? What do you think why we live? And I thought about it and thought it seemed to be hard. And then I got embarrassed because it was very easy to serve and worship you. We're here for God. We ain't here for nothing else. We're not here to for money. We're not here for all of this other stuff, this fabulous life. And that's fine. God is not against the fabulous. God ain't against money. He's just against money driving us because we're here for him. He made us according to his purpose. He knew us in the mother's womb. Why? Because he was saying that's an evangelist or that's a preacher or that's an apostle or that's a preacher or that's a teacher. He was calling things that be not as though they were, but he already knew who we were. And he didn't say none about that's a billionaire, that a poor person, that a person that's gonna live in squalor. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. I don't know why it's quiet in here, but it's true. It's true. He didn't connect us to earthly things. He connected us to things that concerned his kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand, and that's why you hear that term, because it's true. And And God is, he has a purpose for everybody. And see, there's no, as much the church that I come from, the pastor used to say, no big eyes and little yous. And I used to go around and look for somebody with a big eye. <laughs> Couldn't find, I said, what is he talking about? Big eye, you know. So, I mean, I saw a lot of third eyes. But <laughs> no, just kidding. But I'm sure they were there. But I was looking for people with somebody in here may have a eye bigger than another one. Big eye. What's that? But I finally learned what he was talking about is there's no small people and no more important people. We're all the same. Amen. But it's funny how people in the church always think. They're more important than somebody else. And that's just not true. Amen. And now there's such thing as, and I do say, you may have a harder job than me, you know, and, or I may have a harder job than you, but it's, it all evens out in God's eyes because he calls people according to their purpose. And so this is the thing that I've learned with God. Uh, after so many years nobody can do your job but you nobody can do my job but me amen nobody can do your job but you there's many evangelists out there but nobody can do it like you amen see that's how we're called according to our purpose we're not called to be better than anybody there's a lot of people think they're they're better You know? And that's why I I would always... I haven't done it lately, but I will get back to it. I would always go clean the toilets to show the devil, you ain't tricking me into this craziness. I would always do that. Go mop that woman's bathroom. I didn't go in the men's. I don't know why. Well, it wasn't used that much. (laughs) It wasn't used that much. But I would go in the women's bathroom and clean the toilets. And I did it on purpose because I wasn't going to fall into this crazy insanity that the devil tries to put people through. You're too good. You can't do that. I don't think so. It don't work like that. You know, people who clean the toilets are just as important people that preach. Just as important. And I made sure that it's to the best of my ability that I wasn't going to fall for that trick, you know, because people are just that the way they are, you know, amen, didn't mean to go there, but hey, awake, something has to wake the church up, (laughs) awake, put on sleep, (laughs) I mean, put on strength, you're already sleeping, don't put on any more sleep, you're already sleeping, my mistake, put on strength, amen, the church is referred to as the sleeping giant, Amen. So we need, that's why you hear the scriptures and a lot of prophecy nowadays saying awake, awake and put on strength. Amen. This is a spiritual thing. You know, God is calling people to, uh, be strengthened by might in the inner man and starting to pray out of your spirit and pray some things into, uh, into existence. And that's what the church has to do. And the time is now. Amen. Awake. So awake and put on strength, O Zion. Amen. You sleeping giant. It's time for the churches to wake up and get on one accord. You know, and some of them think they're up here and, and others. I, I saw this somewhere where, uh, this one person in the church, they were in an argument. Some, somebody, I think it was two women and this was on Facebook. And one of the women says, look, I'm up here. You're here. Church women. And somebody was glad to tape that and put it on Facebook. They loved it. Because, see, they don't want to go to church. There's people out there that are against the church don't want to go. And so they were glad to put that on Facebook. But that comes from the world. In fact, they were probably in the church that one day. Who knows? But. People think like that. So this is no time to soft pedal the gospel. The gospel must be preached. And that's another reason we're called. We're called to preach the gospel. Amen. Whether you do it from your car, from your, I remember stopping my car in the middle of the street. It was years ago. It was at night and I was going home and this girl was just out wandering around and just getting in traffic and you know, Normally, I would just keep moving. And I said, I'm not falling for this trick, trick of the devil. But this particular time, something said stop. And when the other cars went on, I pulled over. And I asked her, I rolled my window down. I said, why are you in the middle of the street? I'm going to kill myself. I said, no, you ain't. I said, you know how I know? And she said, no. And I said, because you don't even have, you don't know where you are. You don't have time to kill yourself. How are you going to do it? And she got so mad at me and she started laughing. She said, you know, you're right. And so I, I ministered to her, witnessed to her and led her to the Lord and took her home. I said, where you live, girl? And she, uh, told me and I took her home. I'm not going to say where she lived because y'all say, well, why were you there? <laughs> but anyway, I took her home. And I said, you, you better get, get in the word. And she, of course she said she was coming to my church. She might have, cause I don't go there anymore, but I know one thing these people need help. Amen. And they don't have time for us to settle disputes in the church. You know, it's no time for that because people need the gospel, you know, and all she needs, she was angry at her parents, angry at her mama. And wanted to go out and, and show them something. You know, you, you, you watch the clock, see when I come home. And it was so many cars stopping, pulling over, trying to talk to her. And that's one reason why I pulled over. But I'm telling you, th- this world is, is, and I'm not going to say what most people say, say, because we're not going to hell in a handbasket. Amen. We're not. Amen. But, honey, we're going to prevail, and the sleeping church is going to wake up. Amen? And I love how God used all of us. He's using us. Don't ever think what you do is not important. It is. Sometimes you ever been in a, a situation where you think you're wasting your time because, well, God didn't really tell me to do this, and I'm doing it on my own free will. And it's not making a difference. Well, number one, God did tell you to do it, and number two, you're not wasting your time. Amen. If it weren't for you, a lot of people wouldn't have an example of God. They wouldn't know God. They they've been in churches, you know, uh, what it, religious churches. That's not what I'm talking about. But seeing the real, being a real example. Being a, a, a motherly figure or a fatherly figure, th- that's rare. It's very rare. And so God needs this. People need to see this. Because that girl asked me, where you come from? <laughs> and I told her, I said, you don't want to know. I said, you, you going home. Amen. And I got the impression nobody ever spoke up to her and stood their ground with her. And if I had had my way, she would have got a whooping, you know, but she looked like she, she was pretty much running stuff, you know, but anyway, we need people because people are confused and hurt and angry and mad and they don't have time, you know, they don't have time to wait until the church want to get straight. Church need to be straight. Sure should have been straight. Uh, and time is running out. Amen. And and talking about where we're going. Now, we ain't going there. Amen. amen. We're obe- obeying God, and we're seeing many coming to the fold. And God is preparing us for the great revival. Amen. And there's going to be many come to the Lord, and we're going to be shocked. Amen. Uh, I want to. Amen. I would like to say we're not going to be shocked, but we are, and we need to be. Amen. Because nobody has this planned out. Nobody has seen what's coming and it's going to be glorious. Amen. So we need to continue to be a light to people. Amen. Okay. So let's go back to Acts. Let's go to Acts one five. I'm almost finished. Hey, I don't mean to preach a boring sermon, but somebody has to preach it. <laughs> Hey, somebody need to get everybody's head straightened out because it's some confusing stuff going on around the church. People are just, I don't know, but we're going to get straight. Amen. Okay. Acts one five, it says, and I'm continuing what we started earlier. It says for John truly baptized with water. Now this is Jesus. Let me go back up into part, uh, four sea, or whatever you would call it. It says, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which He said, You have heard from Me. And John truly baptized with water. This is Jesus. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Therefore, uh, when you had come together, they asked Him saying, Lord, will you At this time, restore the kingdom of Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know. Yeah, I'm so glad, you know, it's like, shut up and mind and just listen to what I'm saying. You know, that's how we are. We always want to know something else. He ain't, he's not on that part yet. Amen. Amen. It says, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power. Let's talk about that. And and you know I'm sure he didn't get any response. He says but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me and to Jerusalem. And in all Judea. And all Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. So let's take that for just a second. You know where I'm going with this. First Jerusalem. Witness to me in Jerusalem, that's your home, you know, or your city or your state. And then Judea, the out, the perimeters, like you may get in a bus with the church and go witnessing to other cities or wherever. And then, and Samaria, Samaria, same thing. And then the outermost parts of the earth. So it's, it's a, a very, it's not very likely that you get called to Africa. You see how your chances are slim? Because <laughs> it says Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. See that that would, Africa would be in like the ends of the earth. Or oh, you know, far, 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 far away. In other words, do your home, do, do what you're supposed to do. Carry your corner. Yes. That's what the Lord told me years ago. Carry your corner. You do what's in front of you. Amen. And, and let, like he says, God has the power over times and seasons. He knows where you're supposed to be at any given time. So just do what God told you to do where you are. And why do people always want to go somewhere else and do something that they don't do at home? I don't get that. Or go to somebody else's prophetic meeting and prophesy, you know you don't do that in your church because they would slap you. But they always want to come, you know, to your stuff and do what they do. And it's not right. It's not right. A lot of people see that as mean. Oh, Pastor Barbara's mean. She, you don't supposed to do that. So if you don't know, let us teach you. Amen. It's just ridiculous. If Nola told that lady, this is my meeting, this ain't your meeting, my meeting, go somewhere. You know, you can't let people come in and take over because you know what? They don't know any better. They have this crusty thing on them. Like I know what I'm doing, but they don't. And so you have to teach them. Amen. So it's just like this. Uh acts 1 8 you can always let people know this is what you're supposed to be doing work on your family on your home on your neighbors because if you let me tell you if your neighbors don't know you're a minister then you need to go somewhere and repent they need to know my neighbor asked me one time he said uh How do you keep your yard so green? Everybody else's yard is brown around here. Yours is green. And I told him, I said, I pray. I know you pray, but what do you do? I said, I pray. That's what he told me. He didn't want to hear that because he's asked me before. 20 years ago, I told him the same answer. You know. Well, I know you pray, but what do you do? But your neighbors are... Under your umbrella, tell you what God told me. He said those people know who you are and they should reap the benefits just like your family. Amen. My, um, I have a new, na- a newer neighbor. She lives where uh, the house that Bridget and Raymond sold six years ago. She just came in. The first people stayed five years and they sold it to her. She's a nice lady and, and, uh, she asked me, she said, why are you always putting stuff on my steps? I said, well, really, I ain't doing it. I said, when somebody come to my house, I get them to put something on your porch. Why do you do that? I said, because God told me to. And you know what she thought about it, then She said, amen. <laughs> she got it. You know, she thought about it. And she said, amen. You know, and I, I, I. I'm not saying God told me this, but I bet she was praying for something and forgot, remembered, and said that's where that late amen came from. Um, But you don't ever know. Just obey God. Obey God. Amen. Your your neighbors are your responsibility. Amen. It doesn't mean you got to go over there and run stuff. But they're your responsibility under your prayer umbrella. They're under there. You need to pray for them. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I had to get to know her some kind of way because she was new. She moved in last year. And so, you know, I got to know her. And she's, uh, you know, uh, she's a good candidate for God. That's all I can say. And I'm so glad that I, you know. Did what I was supposed to do. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So let's see. We wrote, we read seven and eight. Yeah, we went to eight. So they received the power that was promised. Amen. So they continued steadfastly. That word. Firm in, in their decision. That word steadfastly mean they were firmly established, firm in their purpose to stand in the gap. Amen. So continue to pray. Don't stop coming to prayer. Amen. Continue in the word. Continue to pursue the Lord. Like a deer that pants for water, we should be pressing and pressing to get more of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So a runner keeps running and a fighter remains. In the day of battle, don't turn back. Amen. Just ask Ananias and Sapphira. End the story. Amen. They look back and disappear, which she did anyway. So keep the vision and keep the faith. Stand, therefore, and never quit on a good work. God Whatever God has called you to do is a good work. It's not a waste of time. But it's not for quitters. And it's not for murmurers and complainers. But it's a good work. And it's not for backbiters. It's not for gossipers. Let me tell you why. Because there's work. It's a work. And it just hit me. And they want to play. And so they're going to get tired and leave. Because it's not for for what they're doing. You understand? I'm not saying they didn't start out the right way. But people get discouraged and they get tired of the mundane. I'll put it like that. But they don't see a good work in the mundane. God don't want to change his instructions sometimes. You know, if you got your instructions 30 years ago, then you keep doing it. It's not, what do they call it, repetitive or whatever they say. Reading these prayers, that's repetitive. Or some people might say it's redundant. It's not. It's an instruction and it don't give open, too much open space for you to put your two cents in. Because it's already written. Amen. And so we need to continue on, continue in prayer, continue to fight, continue to stand, continue to obey the instructions. And and while you're praying, you're also doing the works of Christ. You're doing, uh, you know, you're bringing people in for salvation. You're uh, re- making sure that people receive the baptism. You know, you're making sure that people's needs are met. You're doing all of these things that God has called you to do as a, a warrior. Because that's what we are. You know, and don't ever let the devil tell you that you're not measuring up. Who, whose stick is he measuring things according to whose, according to whose measuring stick? See, all of this stuff, we're over it. We're over this stuff. Oh, we're over these lies. We're over all of this stuff that that the devil tells you is not working because whatever he tells you is not working is working. It's working against him. And so just continue to be firm in what you're doing. Amen. Be steadfast, immovable, unshakable. Don't fall for it. Continue to do God's work. You're here doing God's work. You're not here just as as a club. A social club like most churches. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We're here because God has called us here. We're here because God wants us to be here. We're here because God... You know, is, is using us in this end time. I'm not going to say, uh, it, well, we're end time warriors. Amen. And we're going to be obedient to his call. I have one more scripture. It's Hebrews 11. I have five minutes. Hallelujah. Continue to pray and expect. Continue to speak the word. Continue to decree and declare. Go tell the old fox what God said about you. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling Pastor Barb that she laughed. I said, yeah, that old fox, that lying old sly fox, you got to put him on straight street. Be firm and fixed and tell him what God said about you. You know, God says that you're an overcomer. Amen. He says that you're more than a conqueror. He says that you're like-minded like Christ. He says all these good things, you're strong. Your youth is strong like the eagle. That you're, uh, you know, whatever. I'll think of something else. And, and we have revival to look forward to. Amen. So you go tell Satan that when he's trying to speak to you, you tell that old fox. Amen. Your time is limited, honey. You only have a little time. Your time is short. And so you better get out of here because you can't stop these plans. Amen. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. So you got to leave here. Amen. You tell that old fox what God said about you. Amen. Go tell. Hallelujah. Go tell. Tell him about no weapon that's formed against you. Hallelujah. That it will not prosper. Amen. And go tell him that God will turn things around for him and use it for his good for you. Amen. Hallelujah. You go tell him. You you tell him a mouthful that he cannot harm a person's hair on the, uh, he can't harm a hair on the head of the people that are in your family and under your umbrella. Amen. That they will see God. Hallelujah. You go tell him that. Hallelujah. Tell him what God said. And we don't do that enough. The one I remember not long ago, God told me people don't resist enough. They are not resisting. I had to get my Bible and find out what he was talking about. I know that doesn't sound too spiritual, but it was the truth. And then I read, resist the devil. He will flee. <laughs> and I said, okay, we're not resisting enough. And that's it. And so you need to start telling him what God said. You gotta leave. You can't hang around here because we, I resisted you. You gotta go in Jesus name. Amen. So you have to get vocal with the devil because he's a fox, real slippery and, and cunning and sly. And he well, he's in there trying to be your friend to stop you from doing what you're trying to do. Amen. Hebrews, what did I say? Hebrews 11. That's right. Hebrews 11.3 is what I'm trying to say. Let's read that before my time runs out. And it says, by faith, we understood that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which were seen were not made of the things which were visible, which are visible. So the things that are visible are man-made. The things that are unseen are spiritually made. But we want to run with the natural instead of running with the spiritual when the spiritual is infinite. The things that are made of this world will be burned up in the fire. But we try to cling to those things because we can see them. They're natural and we can see them and it's real to us. But the spiritual things, things that are built with spiritual hands, it's not natural to us. And so we can't envision them. And when we do, when God paints a picture, we soon lose that vision. Because it's not natural. Amen. So we, we want to cling to what's seen. But well, think of it like this. That's already done. So it don't take much vision because that's already done. Amen. But we need to continue to allow, um, things that are built in the spirit, things that will last, things that are infinite that's built with spiritual hands, allow that to linger in our hearts and in our minds. Amen. Because we need to put more uh, faith in those things that are unseen than those things that are seen. Amen. So let me finish. By faith, verse 5, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is important to please, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, see he was warned to something that he had never seen but he didn't let the natural ram move him he he waited for that divinely that thing that was divine he he knew it was coming because he had faith in God I'll put it like that it was not yet seen but he he says the thing not seen moved with godly fear It was just as if God came up and told him, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. He was moved with godly fear on, on believing that unseen thing. Amen. And that's how, that's where I'm trying to move. I'm trying to move from having dependency on the seen realm to having dependency on that, on the unseen realm. Like Noah did. Amen. And so it says that he, the thing, okay, by faith Noah was divinely warned of things not seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heirs of the, of the righteousness, which is according to faith. And by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. To the place which he would receive an inheritance that was a place that he knew not. And he went out not knowing where he was going. But see, he kept he go he moved anyway. How many of us would do that? I want a GPS, I want a note, I want a sign, I want to know where I'm going. You know how we are. But he he didn't know, but he moved out anyway, and he started and God met him. Verse 9, by faith he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs which with him, wait a minute, Um, the heirs with him of the same promise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see how far am I going to go. I guess I'm going to keep going. 13, well 10. For he waited for the city which has foundations whose builders and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. Notice it says she received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Hallelujah. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars in the sky in the, in the multitude. Talking about Abraham looking up and looking down. And he saw his children as many, uh, they were innumerable as many on the sand, which is by the seashore. Hallelujah. These all died in verse 13. Talks about the heavenly hope. It says these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them and confessed them that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Now this scripture used to discourage me. You ever been discouraged by this scripture? Cause it, I didn't really understand it it's i'm I'm like okay they died in faith let's read it again they died these died in faith not having received the promise but having seen them far off so these i think were the ones that went up on the mountain and they looked down they were with joshua and caleb and they went and they saw the promised land, you know, the land filled with milk and honey, but they didn't, they didn't go in. The only two people went in was Joshua and Caleb. It says they saw the promise, but they were, but it's something in here that I saw. It says, but having seen them afar off were assured of them. So they were told you, we're going to go into this land. We're going to go into this land. They embraced them. And confessed that they were strangers and, a pilgr- and pilgrims on the earth. Bad confession. Doing all the right things, but your mouth. See, this is why. And I always wondered, why didn't they see the promise? They got up, up, up there and they saw it. Why didn't they enter in? Confession was bad. Oh, well, we pilgrims of this land, and I don't think we can fit anywhere. Uh, we want to die. They also, they said, I want to die on this land. If you do a study, because I read that somewhere, we're going to die. We're pilgrims. We don't belong here. So we're pilgrims and strangers on this earth. And they had a wrong, they, they were doing the right things because they were being pushed by the group. And they were with, um, under good leadership. But they didn't enter into the promise because the leadership couldn't control their mouths. And they didn't. They didn't say I'm. I'm going in. They didn't say that. But they said we're pilgrims. We don't know. We don't belong here. We're pilgrims on the earth, and that won't get you far. So they had a bad confession. Amen. Confession means everything. Verse fourteen: For those who say such things, declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind their country with from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now their desire of uh, uh, their desire now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. See, they were talking about a heavenly country, talking about heaven. Y'all here today? Y'all know y'all didn't see that before. Y'all read it, but you didn't see it. (laughs) Okay. But now they desire a better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. But, okay, so that's the way it was. They went to heaven. Okay. was nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But I want what's due me on this earth. Like Joshua and Caleb said, we can take this. We can take them people. We taking this land. Amen. I know we can take this. And if that's what, you know, so that's, they got what they spoke. Amen. And so heaven was a good deal as far as I'm concerned. But I want to see, I want to see the righteous not forsaken in the land of the living. I want to see my my prayers answered in the land of the living. I want to get to heaven. It's a lot of people say that, you know, especially elderly people, whoever they are. They say I want to, I want to, I get my reward in heaven. There's a a heavenly reward, yeah, but there's an earthly reward too, and I want it, and I'm getting mine. Amen. I'm getting mine. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's do verse 17. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son. You know, I don't know if I could have done that, but he did it. Amen. God gave him Isaac, and he gave Isaac back to God. Such a, a beautiful thing. That's called love, sheer love of the Father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see verse 18 of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called continuing that God was able to raise up him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. And by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So in other words, Isaac was saved. God spared him. And this is what, um, Abraham knew he'd do it. He had that much faith in God that he would do that. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know what scripture is talked about. The walls of Jericho falling. Go over to verse 30. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. And by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Look, whatever God tell you to do, do it. You don't know if it's going to be life changing, life saving. Whatever He tell you to do, do it. Amen. We're going to stop, but I just wanted to encourage you today, uh, like the, the early church that we're the latter church. Amen. But this, that same work needs to be finished. And so we need to continue on in Christ. But continue, don't stop, steadfastly continue that means continue knowing where you're going, knowing what you're doing, and being uh content in what you're doing, and not not allowing the devil to come in and and mess your head up cause time is short amen and and we see what the devil is doing see he not he's not working. Undercover anymore. He's outwardly working and we can all see what he's doing now. It used to be a time when the problem was, is this God or is this Satan? And now if you look, if you know anything about what's going on in the world, the devil is real bold. Amen. He's very bold. And so we need to stand against what he's doing. We need to continue steadfastly. Continue to pray and to war. Amen. Until you receive the promise. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity, Father, to share your word with the people. And we do bless and honor you, and we lift you up. We love you, and we thank and praise you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're so good. We don't deserve you anything that you give us but we know that by faith and by your grace you want to bless us so we receive everything that you have for us amen you have nothing bad you have only good things for your people and so father we will continue steadfastly in what you've called us to do we won't quit and we won't faint but we'll continue on lord god Because we know that that we've been called to do a good work. And we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. And Father, we just pray for the people who are watching who may have health concerns. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I break the devil's power over your body in Jesus' name. I speak to every symptom and I command these symptoms to leave your body right now now in Jesus name and we command you Satan you old sly fox to take your hands off of God's people in Jesus name you stop right now and we thank you father for that we will receive that we receive your healing right now right now in Jesus name It's already done because you've already done it. By Jesus' stripes, we're already healed. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. We thank and praise you, Father. Hallelujah. We love you and we bless you. And why don't we just do our declaration. We don't have Rona. Rona don't have us. We can't get Rona. And Rona can't get us. And we thank you Father, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen and amen. And it is so. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God.